When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get Cordon. Try, try not Cordon. to picture Cordon. the Hamster Dance website Cordon. while you do it. <laughs> I'm always Cordon and always thinking yes. of the Hamster Dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's I a problem. Believe that. I love I'm the Hamster Dance. Sick. I love the Kia hamsters. Mm, love those guys. Mm. And they love music. And they also mm. love driving in a Kia. Let's keep playing our game, shall we? Bottom. Oh. Things aren't going your way at all. Well, for this, I'll give you a choice. You can either, when the time comes, cast your vote for war. Or... You can swear fealty to Aramar Vale. Do I have to decide now? Now's the time I'm making the offer. Now's the time you'll be picking your lot. Can I ask you a sort of, I don't know, like lore question? Yes. Okay. So like technically right now, I think that whether he likes it or not, Travis has like pledged fealty to the forest queen. Sort of. I think okay. the thing that we agreed on is you had bet in a way your life or your ability to die. And you lost that kind of intentionally because that was a part of your humanity that you were kind of willing to give up because you wanted at that point in your life to live forever. And you won all kinds of freedoms from the forest queen in that game. You kind of took her for a ride. Not only did you win things for you, you won things for the woodsman who entered the game and Gable, who was part of the game. You cleaned up on everything but this one little thing that was represented by that Ocus which eventually you stole back from her. The reason that I ask is I thought that in some way I was still like in her service. Cause I, f I feel like in the past I had 
I forget where, but I had done something. I forget what happened, but something like a we made a tree grow somewhere to save us or something. So this was uh, the the times that she has intervened in the past have always surrounded moments when you were about to die. Okay. The thing that I think is going on is literally you can't die unless she says that you can die. Mm -hmm. So every time you reach a point where you could die, she decides whether you'll live or die instead of you. The reason I asked was whether or not I could sort of pledge fealty to two different people or two different things. But if that's not the case, then... The answer in both cases would be yes. You'd just be beholden to two different agendas and they might conflict and you'd be in the middle of that. Is there a specific time that she's talking about as far as going to war? Or is it just like... Uh, That's something that you don't know. Whenever the vote comes up. Yeah, and an important thing for you to think about when making these choices is that this person might have an agenda. If you'd like, you can make a hard knowledge adventuring roll with a blue die because you're 200 years old. Um, to see if you or uh, and actually for knowledge adventuring it's going to be daunting for knowledge forbidden or lore it will be hard and no matter what you'll have a blue die oh well then I will do forbidden (laughs) okay that is one success Holy shit. So, I'm going to ask you how you know this. The Morrigan, for lack of a better term, is or was a luminary. She is a figure that represents war, which is a thing that doesn't really exist anymore. It's more complicated than that, I think in her time, in your time with the Forest Queen, you had to entertain other luminaries, you know? So you were the Forest Queen's plaything. You were a display piece. You were something that the Forest Queen used to entertain other luminaries when holding a kind of court with them. So now in your memory, like you can connect the person in front of you to that person. The difference is when you saw her in the past, she had a different face. The facts that you know about her is that she is connected to war. She has three masks and she told you that one of her masks is broken. One does not fit. And the other is worn by another. Okay. Here's my, here's my like sort of out of character thoughts. And I think it can go one of two ways. Either. Pledge fealty to Oromar because we're trying to do him a solid anyway. And we're, you know, I think that that in general, up until a certain point, will pretty well align with what I'm trying to do with my life until a point when I think it won't. The other thing is, which I'm leaning towards, is I will happily vote for war so long as I'm also the one tallying the votes. 
That is such Fuck. a fucking Travis Matago <laughs> thought. Fuck off. That's which I kind of love. Pretty okay, cool. then I'll do that one. I'll do yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's already <laughs> done it once, yeah. Yeah, right. Fuck. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I it it's so narratively perfect, and this is exactly the sort of supernatural brinksmanship that we should <laughs> come to expect from, from Travis. So yeah. When the time comes. I will vote for war. She smiles. She smiles bright and vicious as freshly spilt blood. And we cut over to the montage where now things are going good. Wind it tighter, be a fighter, and we're not going home till the war is done. First question I have is, of course, to Tyler. Tyler. How is winding the banjo supposed to go? It is a slow process. By taking your time, the tension is more evenly distributed, and by going slow, that's the way to wind it. Liz, what about moving baskets? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's the lesson here? I I think... (laughs) I think the lesson is, from the very beginning, he just wanted them to move them one at a time. (laughs) Just like, pick up the basket, put down the basket. It's not that hard. And I I think he implies as much as like, sometimes it's not that hard. And so Cable picks up the last basket and puts it up and claps their hands, shakes them free from dust, suddenly stops and feels someone somewhere is being a bad friend. <laughs> and then they snap out. We cut to Oromar, who has his, like, again, one of the things that he was struggling with, uh, with the challenge of these complicated clothes is that he does not have full range of motion or, you know, full and easy control over every part of his body. But the lesson here is the movements that you need to do to move through these complicated garments and put them on correctly are not movements that all depend on stuff that you're doing. It is moving with the clothing and allowing the clothing to move around you. So even though Oromar's movements are still kind of stiff and like only move in certain ranges, like a lot of it feels like he is stabbing in a fight or something and not quite moving the way you would move to put on a shirt. He has learned how to put what force he can exert in certain ways and areas to allow the clothes to fall around him. And he can kind of fluidly move in and out of these garments. So he has learned that lesson. Now we come to the group lesson with this parachute. Strike a bargain, but I'll strike the target. The metal in the wind is a deafening sound. And what does it look like as you have nailed it? feel like at least the group section it feels like once the person has left and the rest of the group has redistributed the weight i feel like then it becomes just 
letting it fall, letting it fall, letting it fall until right before impact. And then we whip it. And that gives us enough kick up to then just touch down very smoothly. Perfect. And we're never going to stop till we're off the ground. Let's cut back to Travis. I'll warn you before you make your next choice that if you truly are a man of ill fortune, which it seems that you might be, once you pick the last card of mine, I'll ask you to do the task, and the other lessons and gifts that I could bestow on you will blow away. So I guess what I'm saying is, be lucky. I suppose I don't really have a choice. Four cards left. And we'll arrange them uh, north, south, east, and west. North. It's the changeling. Fuck off. Wow. Ugh. Well then, now it's time that I tell you one of your own secrets. And I'm curious, what don't you know that you'd like to know about yourself? Can I ask a question? This is a question for James, the man. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a question about Margaret's relationship to me. I think so. Okay. You just have to frame it in relation to yourself. How did Margaret find me again? You're destined to be together. I can't have a Hancock with everyone. (laughs) You're in one of the most powerful and elemental stories that has ever graced the world. You're playing a role. It's not possible to miss your cue. When the first story broke, she had to work very, very hard to break it. And she can only break it in a particular kind of way every time. If I'm playing this role, and there's a luminary, a changeling luminary, is that me? We're not so different, you and I. Now then. Will you keep playing? What's the count right now? Travis knows, but Johnny <laughs> can't. <count. laughs> two bad, one good. Fuck. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. Two good, one bad. Oh. Yeah. There's only been three? Yeah. So you. There were five good things and four bad things. So, you know, the odds were in your favor to begin with. It's kind of wild how much bad luck you came across in the first place. South. South. She draws the bounty. 
Well, this works out in your favor. I will show you the way to transform on command. Once again, she sweeps her hand over your ocus. And how does it feel to learn this? I think that when Travis changes, I feel like in the middle, during the pain, when he's like halfway between, I think that there is a a point when he's sort of more of the animal that he's going to become than like the person and some of the like awareness of being a person leaves briefly and he sort of perceives the world as an animal and he he doesn't think like a human anymore all it's just like the the instincts and the thoughts of an animal and then once like the transformation's complete he you know is then like a man like in the shape of an animal but i think there's like that brief moment where he's an animal and i think this feeling is sort of like flipping through a bunch of pages of a book really fast and feeling these sensations of being all of the different animals and losing that sense of being a person. Mm. I will say, I'm going to put some caveats on it. I will say part of this knowledge depends still on cycles. You cannot fully cheat out a cycle. So what this will let you do is you have 12 hours in a day that you need to be a man and 12 hours that you need to be an animal. That cannot change because that is part of an accord that you have with the forest queen that is absolutely inflexible. However, you don't have to always be a man during sunrise or always be a man during sunset. How you divide those up are going to be up to you. I just need one more caveat. What do you need to do in order to make this transformation? Because we have tried to let you do this multiple times and each time you've rolled so bad and it's always gone just terribly for you. So clearly that indicates to me that you have been missing something. What's that thing? Hmm. I feel like this is maybe something, and if this does not line up with your thoughts, let me know. But I feel like this is something that like, you know, kind of like you said, this like brinksmanship that these supernatural beings have. This is something the forest queen like knew could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise she would have been more explicit and been like, no, this is it. Like we've, we've already messed around with this a lot. The 12 hours we've got, and I think it was sort of only, she knew it was only a matter of time before I figured this out somehow. She um, didn't think it would take 200 years, maybe. But I <laughs> I, think, I think that I do need, like, some in some way I need to, like, get her permission mm. for it to happen uh, each oh, time. Interesting. Well... Yeah, what I'm going to say is the luminaries, as we have seen them, you can cast out to the luminaries 
in order to aid you in your tasks. And what you have to do in response is a fulfill a bargain, a favor, a ritual or something that is tantamount to the task that you are trying to do. When you were trying to fix the ship as you were pulling into Nordia, you had to satisfy the butcher in an awful and bloody way that really only Travis could afford to do. But it allowed you to pull your ship in safely without greater consequence. So in order to do these transformations, you are going to have to make offerings to the Forest Queen. Well, then, that brings us to two, one in your favor and one against. You could walk away as well. You've certainly put together a nice fortune for yourself, and I'll tell you, the last task that I have for you isn't easy. Though I'll also say I don't know that you wouldn't want to do it. I'm trying to figure out how I can cheat. It would be very Travis to cheat. Especially when it's just the two left, you know? But it's it's tough as a snake. <laughs> mm-hmm. West. The drought. Well, it seems like you're not a lucky man after all, Matago. And she sweeps her hand across the table, pulling away the last card, which we see was the maiden. But, as I said, and as you agreed to, there's one more task that lies before you, and it is not an easy one. Someday, you must have a child. I want you to be a father, Travis Matago. Well, I suppose I have no choice. (laughs) You're right, you don't. It's a shame you didn't win that last boon. Might have been useful to you. But I can say I'm very happy that all these things I believe you'll be able to make useful to me. And that's it. That'll fulfill all me needs for you, Travis Matigo. And I tell you this, Travis, William, Trevor McRib, whatever you prefer to be called. (laughs) I have very high hopes for you. Both of us have been dealt an ill hand by the luminaries. Both of us have suffered an ill fate. But I think... There's hope yet for us. Enjoy your day, Matago, and look forward to dancing with you tonight. With that, the Morrigan transforms. Her transformation is different than yours. Her form looks a little bit more shadowy, a little bit more smoky as she shifts from this kind of, you know, it's a little gothy, little bog witchy sort of look that she has into a crow that is wearing a dark green collar. It nods to you and then takes to wing 
and flies out of the window of the Uhuru. I would like to jump forward in time to sometime before the competition. Y'all have just finished training. The sun is about to set after the sun sets. The horns are going to blow and it will be time for y'all to get up for the tornado calling. Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, the Kickstarter for Skyjack's Courier's Call Season 2 is live. Courier's Call is our all-ages spinoff of the campaign Skyjack's podcast, and they had a tremendous first season, not just producing twice as many episodes as we thought we were going to be able to, but picking up six Audioverse awards. And I am so much more excited about the plans for season two than I was even about season one. We have a stretch goal that will literally double the length of season two and introduce a storyline Drew is calling Audrin Prom. I I cannot tell you how excited I am to hear this. And I know that you're going to be excited to hear it too. So I encourage you to head over to bit.ly slash skyjackscc2. That's skyjacks, the letter C, the letter C, and the number two. That will bring you right to the Kickstarter page. Now, if you can't afford to back, you can also support us by sharing the project. The more people we've got sharing the project around, the more backers we'll get, which will translate into a better product overall. If you're somehow still on the fence, I recommend going to your favorite podcast app and searching for Skyjack's Courier's Call and listening to the first season. Drew, Ali, Palomi, and Aaron did incredible work, and I know they're going to knock it out of the park for season two. So once again, head to bit.ly slash skyjackscc2. A huge thank you to our backers on Patreon, as always. Without you, we wouldn't be able to make this show as amazing and occasionally heart-wrenching as it is. And if you need more Skyjacks, be sure to head over to our Patreon feed, where we're right now premiering weekly episodes of the Skyjacks Courier's Call and Jolly Jack crossover series, which features Margaret, who is sort of at the center of the plot of our show right now, even though she's not here. A huge thank you to everyone who supports us already, and everyone who's going to sign up to support in the future. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. So let's jump to where are you right before the competition? This is probably right before Travis is going to have to transform back. Everybody else is coming off having done a a, a series of of trials and training to prepare for the tornado calling. Is there, out of character, is there something to like, Hwano's style is from what I remember in general, just like a little bit slower. Is there mm-hmm. anything else that like we should be like keeping in mind to like, hey, I'm doing this and this is like Huano specific teachings? Yeah, th- th- this is a great thing to talk about so that y'all can think of it while we're describing things. The idea is the tornado calling kind of dance competition is a 
there's dancing, but it's also sort of a shifting obstacle course. If you could picture the marriage between uh, parkour and capoeira, that's kind of what the tornado calling competition is. The style that you learned is slower and more deliberate. It's almost like the Tai Chi sort of version of that. It is about kind of feeling out where you need to be before you get there. So, you know, it's an unexpected thing. It is a wild thing to take into this kind of high energy competition. But, you know, it is definitely not something your opponents are going to anticipate. So when you're describing things, think about uh, ways to set that up. So yeah, Dope. where 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 do you find yourselves hanging out after a long day of training, meeting up with with your good friend and snake Travis Matigo? If there's a convenient rooftop that looks over the arena, absolutely there is. Absolutely there is. And you know, we had kind of uh, set it up earlier that Jonnet was going to visit a local business called Tony Hawk's. That's right. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. To, to, pick, <laughs> to pick up his uh, Still uh, incredible device. So, yeah, I, I kind of think Tony Hawk's Marengo shop, sort of, the, there's a little rooftop that overlooks a good portion of the other attached hexes to the city, to the central city of Ungoni. And you can see that, like, this is an area where teens kind of gather to test their Moringos, and it is a good cheap seats place to watch a tornado calling competition. Beneath you, you can see this attached hex that is the, I guess, the, the pitch, the field, the stage, the battleground for the tornado calling. It is a complex sort of system of different platforms that are dragging and drifting in the wind behind the sort of trail that's being woven through the sky for Ungoni. As the hex moves in the sky, different parts of the platforms like shift and rotate, moving up and down, becoming stable and unstable. If it is something that you are not thinking of having to stand on at some point, it's quite beautiful. Otherwise, you know, it looks a bit like a a, a whirly gig, a weather vane, a kite drifting in the wind. It's unpredictable and and certainly looks unstable. So, Gable. Yeah. One out of ten. How comfortable would you... You're strong. You think you could move one of these platforms during the match at all? Like pulling it down and... Pulling it down, pushing it up, smashing it to pieces. Oh, well, I'm trying to decide how polite I want to be here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I've done the math and we're competing against uh, quite a few teams that were much more experienced in a sport that we're only doing for the first time. So uh, destroying their field in the process of trying to beat them, I feel, might not be the best way to go. Is that a jerk move? I'm trying to decide, but because also I don't plan on seeing any of these people again. So, Well, if you're looking for my advice, hi, I'm Tony Hawk, uh, the proprietor of Tony Hawk's Moringo Emporium. I try to picture life like a sports movie. 
I love I love your voice. Yeah, it's very Californian. Anyway, uh, if you think of life like a sports movie, if you're the type of person to trash a field and leave it after you're done, you're probably going to lose the competition that you're trying to do. Maintaining the moral high ground is very important to actually winning the game or losing the game, but going with your chin held high at the end. Yeah, if you're going to lose, you want to lose in the right way for the right reasons. Okay. Thanks, Tony Hawk. That's good advice. Thanks, Tony. Are you gonna No problem? <laughs> are you are you gonna disappear till we have another question or do you wanna hang out or <laughs> Oh no, I'm just uh, I'm working on your deck, my dude. So Hey just, thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, just over here man? doing whatever adjustments need to happen. <laughs> Real quick, so definitely destroying one of the platforms. It's a big no no. Won't do that, vetoing that idea. But what about I know they're already moving on their own. It, has there been ever a, a, a competition where someone maybe guides it to maybe catch an ally or maybe to trip up someone else? Oh, yeah, totally. That's definitely the sort of thing that you can do controlling the field. Is, Could you please uh, stop kick flipping while you're talking? It's very distracting. <laughs> I, it's the a, only it's way I know how to live is kick flipping. Okay. All right. <laughs> Oh, in that case. Hang on. I'm just going to test out my soaps for a quick second. (laughs) Your soaps? (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember soaps? They were thick sneakers that had these like plastic uh, sort of middle bits and you could use it to slide around on concrete. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I seem to remember. Hello. I'm here. I seem to remember (laughs) that they had a partnership with Sonic the Hedgehog as well. and And I believe in Sonic Adventure... Mr. Hedgehog himself wore soaps that you used to grind on rails. That's I'm what trying that to remember was. If that was Sonic. <laughs> Holy Shadow. shit! <laughs> that was a that was a branded that was content that was like a cross branding like event. Mm-hmm. That's why those shoes were like that. Well, I don't I don't know if that's why the shoes were like that or if that's why the mechanic was in the game. Who's to say? Well, well somebody shoes fucking dropped the ball because like I did not know about that. Yeah, that, <laughs> and that, I love like, that game. They are there to enable the sport of their activity of sliding across stuff. That is true for sure. What? Huh. Were you just around a big community of people who owned soaps but did not do the thing that soaps were intended to do? Yes, absolutely. I didn't even know what a soap was. I never, I never thought through the next phase of like, oh, this hedgehog can grind. Okay. <laughs> I, I just looked it up. It was Sonic Adventure 2. And Mr. Mr. Hedgehog wore soaps. <laughs> I I have just Googled it. I am going to drop this little link in the He's chat still here. In t- Tony Hawk voice. Tony, please. Th- thanks. I- I'm so glad we put Tony Hawk in our group chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. A deviant art link. I'm, I'm glad oh. that Tony Hawk sent us a deviant art link. Oh, man. I would kill to wear some soaps right now. To wear soaps and drink a drink a soby. Oh, <laughs> Travis, you're you're dissolving into an out of nothingness, a man out of time. <laughs> wow. I guess I did clock that his shoes were different, but I just thought, you know, New Year, New Sonic. 
Mm. New year, Sonic new pictures. year, new Sonic. <laughs> Isn't it always? Hmm. What were we talking about? I, oh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I think you had just I, determined that you can indeed make attempts to alter the the terrain in the arena to suit your needs and help out your your fellow competitors. In that case, Jonathan, I am eminently comfortable being very much on the ground, pulling chains, attempting to push platforms every which way you want. I think the more I'm in the air, the less useful I will be because I don't feel like I've mastered the the jumping and the flying. Wait. You you're not you're feeling shaky on that too. It's well, I did just learn it an hour ago. Oh, well, the thing is, Hawano sound sounded so confident when he when he was like, "You got it, you're gonna do it." And then, and then he walked away, and I I had so many questions, and <laughs> and I didn't I didn't really I I, I didn't I didn't want to be the one to ask them. They never include the Q and A in in the sports montage, do they? No. That's no, usually the stuff no, that's no covered up. in between moments of the montage. You assume that happened off we camera. We did not. <laughs> we didn't. It was all all sports, all physicality all the time. And now my body is tired. <laughs> Definitely scheduled, scheduled it poorly. But so it's you and it's me. Who else is in our – is it just the two of us? Well, Are the we ca- the only two competing? I think the captain's – also, oh, yes, yes, the captain. The captain is also here, and and Travis, and Travis. <laughs> Am I doing it though, or just kind of here? I'm that's a snake. All, that's completely up to you. I'm a snake. Although, uh, as you say that, the sun starts moving down. I will ask Travis: Have you made any preparations? No, uh, uh, for your transformation. <laughs> oh, for my transformation? Yeah. I don't. Are you going? Transformation classic, which is transformation a la pain, or did you try to go out and get yourself some tea to maybe ease your your passing? I think pro- I probably did not. Interesting. I'm curious. So, like, I, I want to just very quickly, like, Travis, after – you know, you go through this sort of boon exchange after the Morgan has flown out the window. You are left there as a snake, knowing that that you have committed to do certain things at the Morgan's request and that you now have potential for new abilities to transform at will, to transform without pain. I think that... Uh... I was kind of just lost in thought, slithering around, and I happened to is- bump into everyone talking about soaps, and I just got to, you know, Travis loves the soaps. So we, we get kind of like a moody and sort of atmospheric montage of Travis just slithering around Ungoni, uh, staring off into the sky contemplatively, because he did sort of learn the earth-shattering thing that the forest queen has changed fate, has has broken the story that, that she was a part of. And one of Travis's major anxieties is that he didn't possess free will. So there's a lot to take in. And I can see Travis going for a bit of a moody stroll on his little snake belly, for mm-hmm. sure. 
But you did sort of re-enter the scene in a grounding conversation about soaps, a thing that a snake would be very concerned with. <laughs> He's well, also the, th- the nice thing about a snake is you only need one soap. <laughs> <laughs> he is a soap. So yeah, with that, the the, the sun I think is going to start going down. Uh, if you'll excuse me for one moment. Oh, Tony, shield your eyes. Come here. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Tony, Tony, shh, shh, So what are you planning? He's narrating the changes he's going through, though. It's still so awful. No, but you tell me what mod you're making to my... uh, No, the uh, scales are turning into skin. How big is the the, the wingspan of the flyer? Oh, the the little vestigial legs, the bones that a snake has are becoming real legs. I really enjoyed the balance of this ah. model. I think you really did a good job. Oh, the fangs are sucking back into my head and becoming regular teeth. Okay, so kids? before you leave Ungoni, you are going to want to make sure that you collect all the letters for skate oh, that are. Uh, I can feel clothing. each article of clothing and thing in my pockets pressing out through my skin. Uh. <laughs> Ooh, that's an. I didn't know that particular detail. Yeah, that one's new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so uh, a couple. Tony knows all about this. He's in the group oh, chat. The worst <laughs> part. Two, two the worst of- part about this is that I do have to tie my shoes every time. They don't. That's the one thing. Even if I transform with my shoes tied, when I change back, they're untied. It's so inconvenient. Very very embarrassing. <laughs> One of the Forest Queen's many tricks. So, so yeah, uh, Travis is now with you. We we are at that golden hour just after the sun has passed down beneath the circumference of the earth where all colors are at their truest. And you can see people from all over Ungoni making their way down to the hex where the tornado calling is going to be. You know, people in the colors of the four recognized schools from around Ugoni are sort of waving streamers. There are people calling out the cool fried foods and whatnot that they're uh, selling in the stadium. And there's a general air of excitement. What colors did we decide on? Was it purple and yellow? Yeah. Nice. Was it purple and yellow? Purple and gold? Purple and, yeah. Purple and something. I guess it was purple and gold. Okay, that's right. I was like, didn't we use purple and gold for something? Yeah, the, the, that's the young blood family crest Oops. colors. I forgot. Okay, well, oh, hey, whatever. No. That's oh, well. the decision Ooh. that we made in the past. Uh, it's brown and l- darker brown. <laughs> it's a it's poop. It's poop colored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with that, it feels like everybody said everything that they that they're going to say and asked all the questions that they were going to ask before this thing. I'll remind you, this is a role playing game, and uh, yeah, if you yeah, ever yeah. Have John, it's going to track down some elephant ears. Okay. Yep. Like you said fried from the goods. animal or no, from like a a food. Like funnel cake, uh, yeah. Do you mean a beaver tail? Are there are, are there different f- names for it regionally? What? That's your James. That is not what it's fucking what? called. <laughs> You're out of your fucking mind. Okay. okay. How okay. is right. an elephant well, ear made? This this, make- this podcast is over. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna <laughs> 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 what what is beaver it? tail? What does an elephant ear look like? Because I'm familiar with a fried dough food that has cinnamon on it called beaver tail. 
It's the same. Is this a different thing? It's the same. It's the same, same fucking thing, y'all. I mean, the beaver tail sugar. looks like it has toppings, maybe. Uh, it's got yeah. toppings, but it's also got a pattern that's kind of like a beaver tail, like sort of a check. The sh- the shape is a little different, but it's. I mean, this is the same thing. It's the same. Okay, you know, I will Shut own up. up. I will own up to being the weird one in this situation. That seems like kind of a fucked up Colorado thing. Uh, <laughs> it, well, apparently, uh, it's a Canadian fine. thing. Ooh, which makes sense. That does make sense as a Canadian thing. I mean, I call like. I remember getting them in ski towns. I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing for you. I, I, I'm wrong in this situation. I will own up to that. That's fine. Yeah, you get an elephant ear. Beaver tail looks um, like a. it's a brand name. There's a, there is a, a oh. chain called Beaver Tails that sells this, which I don't love that name. Yeah. <laughs> After um, you're done hitting the slopes, you get some tail. Some no. tail. It's, it does sound. It no. sounds like a like a a restaurant. Ah, <laughs> uh, doesn't it? Twin Peaks, Beaver Tails. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Uh, there are franchising opportunities, though. Mm. Ooh. Is it we'll just, consider it. Is it just the? Is it a storefront? It's like a, it looks like a little shop that you go to and you buy a wow, a, a beaver tail. Okay, let's see if there are any in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely in Colorado. Uh, there's so I, there is one in the Dells. Ooh, mm. Wisconsin. So we have a chance to actually do this, <laughs> to experience this. You know, I always, when I'm looking at a map, Colorado, where it is, always kind of sneaks up on me. None when I look at a map, I'm like, roads. <laughs> None in Colorado, <laughs> but perhaps you went to one in Salt Lake City. No, no. Definitely there was one in Breckenridge and I think one in Vail. Well, um, they've since they, closed. They might not be there anymore. Those are expensive oh, towns so you've, to be in. Huh. You've not had the beaver tail at a county fair? No. Ah. Okay. The, uh, elephant no. ears are... County fair exclusive. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Actually, I feel like Jonnet is expecting an elephant ear, and he gets oh, no. a beaver tail. Uh, uh, and uh, and I and I'm just going with what the first one that I saw. It looked like Nutella and banana. <laughs> yeah, I, I think kind of what happens, Jonnet, is that you are expecting just the fried dough dusted with cinnamon sugar or whatever, but they keep handing you accessory toppings. <laughs> it's like, and here are your turnips. Uh, and okay. All right. I'm just going to eat this now. And, uh, and here's your sour cream sauce. Don't forget your why sour cream would sauce. You, why, where does this go? Where does this go on this? Anywhere. And I'm putting this in. And there are your chives. What? Okay. Um, John, can I have your sour cream sauce? <laughs> <laughs> just by itself? Yeah, I just want the sour cream sauce. <laughs> Gable. Because <laughs> it's, it's looser than a sour cream, so it's more of a sauce. And okay. For a lot of different things. All right. And then we smash cut to <laughs> Jonnet walking next to, to Gable, kind of eyeing the thing, taking tepid bites, and then he realizing, like, that's eh, it's not bad. Not at all what I was thinking, but okay. Uh, Travis would like to stop in a Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to point out you can get Timmy's almost anywhere on Sphere. Uh, 
that's just a thing that we do to be Canadian friendly in our world building. Um, tra- Travis obviously goes with the double double, the classic. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, so everybody uh, before this athletic competition has eaten sort of a lot of fried food, which is all. No, I just had my cup of sour cream. <laughs> That's right. right. Gable Gable did sour cream shooters. Uh, It's good for you. Jonna had to go get four (laughs) beaver tails so that Gable could get themselves four shots of sour cream. Oh, we don't sell just the sauce. You do have to buy a beaver tail. Yeah, so you head down to the platform. There is kind of a locker room equivalent. You can hear a bunch of people in the stands. I like to imagine one thing that I do like about soccer in the UK is that there are little songs for like all the various teams and whatnot. I do like the idea that fans in the audience are just singing their their little songs to support their their schools and whatnot. Everybody's having a good time out there while y'all are getting ready. Yes. Is it too much of an ad to say that the stadium seats, they raise themselves depending on like where the majority of like your team or your section is. So it's like, ooh. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Oh, We're yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. this as a prestige TV show as far as we know. So, you know, we can throw whatever we want into the budget. <laughs> nice. <laughs> They're gold. extremely heavy (laughs) they're solid gold and covered in hair so if we ever had to animate them CG it would be extremely expensive (laughs) solid gold covered in hair how would we see the gold not my problem (laughs) your HBO (laughs) you're just asking a lot of questions and not giving answers so (laughs) it's not good collaboration Hiwano is in the locker room. He's prepared everyone the equivalent of jerseys or whatnot. What is the uniform for this sport? Would it make sense for them to be like loose enough tunics that you can like hold them and use them like parachutes? Yeah, I like the idea of, you know, maybe them having like a little wingsuity element to them or some capes or something like that, because I, I think that would cut a very dramatic visual image if like there's some flowing fabric behind you. I do think it's not the sort of thing that's like so billowy that you trip over it, but I, I do think like there are elements of it that are billowy enough that it looks very cool as you are jumping back and forth between platforms and whatnot. Let's see. Cape, but not a cape. A half cape. Half cape. Half capes. Half cape. They got they got half capes. I love it. <laughs> when half sees on a cape. <laughs> Just like, I don't, we went Dutch on a cape. Do you, do you mean like a, sh- a half length cape or a cape that's kind of on one side, like like a Boba that Fett one. thing? Oh, yes. Or is it at an angle? Ooh. At an angle. <laughs> it's, t- it's just the bottom. <laughs> That's just a skirt. That's a skirt. So you've, you've got your uniforms. They are sort of tunicky, billowy things. They have a half cape. That Liz, is that half length to one side? <laughs> is it an angle? You got to tell us. The well, fans are waiting. It's just off on one side, like a it's dashing It's off on one print. side. Yeah. I love it. Cute. 
All right. So so you are getting into uniform. I think in the unit, the suiting up process, Jonnet peeps the uniform and is completely thrown by this half cape. I feel like he's not sure how it comes into play. He's he's kind of just walking around, just flicking it, seeing if maybe it might be removable. He goes to tug on it and then looks up at uh, Hoano and Hoano's kind of like giving him a no. no. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just like, okay. Um, oh. What did we do all that training for? <laughs> I, I now I'm not sure. I, now that now that I have this on, I'm not I'm not entirely. But he says that on the inside, and he, on the outside, he nods. And when the time comes, you'll know what to do with it. <sighs> oh no! <laughs> Boy, it would be easier if you just said what the time was. Though <laughs> when it came, so we would know. Oh, it's happening. And so instead of that, uh, asking that uh, important question, Jonnet is going to um, find some talcum powder and make sure he doesn't chafe during this um, mm. this this match. Got to talc up. Mm-hmm. That's that's Got huge. <laughs> Got to talc up. I would like to scope the competition, please. Uh, yeah, you you will be able to. Hmm. How do I want you to be able to sort of peer across? I don't know if it's across the stadium or if it's in a locker room kind of next door. Um, yeah, you know what we're going to do? We'll just decide that people in Ungoni are much shorter than Gable, just like kind of collectively overall. So there's a divider put up between the two <laughs> locker rooms. But if Gable goes on tippy toes, they can just like kind of peek over. Um, you sort of peek over and you can see the blue and white and red uniforms, uh, like little red detailings, but it's mostly blue and white uniforms for the crews from the Tempest Armada. And this, Liz, because you are the person who decided to spy a little bit, I I will say, we do know that the people participating are definitely going to be uh, Sifa, the bandit queen, and Ku Cullen. But I want to leave the other two spots kind of up to you. Who else do we see in there? And they're people from the Tempest Armada. Yeah, they can either be people from the Tempest Armada that, that we've already met, like Leotoa, or, you know, you can do a make up You know, we have kind of Ku being uh, sort of set up to oppose you, and we've got Sifa to go head-to-head with the captain, but everyone else, you know, we, we got we got Jonnet and Travis to think of. Oh, I'm going to do something dramatic. Well, not dramatic. What's the name of Jonnet's friend? Oh, Grace. Gracie O'Malley. No, the other friend. Uh, Janet yep. has another friend? Oh, Ooh, oh burn. she wouldn't be from the Tempest Armada. Oh, okay. The, the but, wouldn't have been a, a recruit situation from someone. I, you know, we we, we could New uh, recruit. bring that in. I think, uh, was that? I think it's Johnny because yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, Johnny. Yeah, that's being, right. That would be Johnny. Johnny's name, except it's Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they just, they brought in Johnny. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then the last person, who would it be? Who would it be? Who Who's good for drama? TNT. Yeah, TNT kind of knows drama, yeah. so we could probably. Ah! Mm-hmm. 
them in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would love it if one of our one of the Uhuru's crew has defected. Wow. Uh, ooh. I think that would be spicy. Okay. Uh, then who do you think that is? Who is because this is a major betrayal because the part of this determines the payout that the Uhuru is getting from the handoff of this weave. So if somebody objected to the fact that the Uhuru was like trying to sell feather weave that isn't exactly standard feather weave and it was like, no, I don't think the entire crew should benefit as much as, as you know, they, we've said they should benefit. That is big. Mm-hmm. It's probably someone from B's ship, but not mm-hmm. necessarily B. I do remember we put Kevin Klein on there. And the audience has really grown attached to Kevin Klein. So uh. <laughs> No. Who? Who who who? Gosh. I've so forgotten many names, every so many orphans on this, on this boat. Every person on this boat. <laughs> There's gotta be someone named Young Sheldon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Certainly on 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 B ship on the hive. Uh yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Young, you mean young Sheldon. Young Sheldon. <laughs> Who he he's so upset because he's 40 years old, but we knew the other Sheldon first. And <laughs> we keep on calling him young Sheldon. Mm-hmm. That disrespect will and, not stand. And, and the, the other Sheldon isn't on the ship anymore. The other Sheldon is dead. Yeah. Has died a, a while ago. Died, mm-hmm. died, honestly, first week. First died week on the job he died. Four young Sheldon actually joined up with the ship. Mm-hmm. But it just it just stuck and boy, that's a, that's stuck in his craw. Mm-hmm. So that's who's there. On the <laughs> Uhuru, we do not do repeat names. No, we thank not. you. We do not. <laughs> <laughs> we retired it. We retired yes. Sheldon. <laughs> we, we, yeah. we don't do we don't do repeat names. We just have bathroom Barry, baritone Barry. <laughs> Or we qualify a before. Surname. Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah, yeah the, the, the original Barry died the week he came on the ship. Yeah. Yep. We, Gone. We couldn't use Gone. it. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> you, his you, name you. was Barry Barry. <laughs> Barry Barry. Because Barry is a long and storied surname. <laughs> You, you peeked over. You, you've gotten a sense of what the competition is going to be. Are there any other preparations before I start this event and explain how this is going to differ from standard combat? In Jonnet's kind of slowly uh, ensuing panic around this half cape, he's going to try a thing where he rips a little bit of his his pants so the fabric kind of like juts out a little bit and then he's going to tie that to the end of the cape to maybe in some way shape or form be able to like catch a little bit of wind she's like Mm. maybe this will do something i don't know and so that is something he'll be figuring out and probably rolling poorly on (laughs) cool i like that We we will acknowledge that you have set that up with that, I think you you hear the familiar sound of people moving those horns in front of those wind tunnels. So sounding around the city of Ungoni is this beautiful kind of droning horn call. The crowd erupts outside as you can hear the, the music that accompanies this event starting up. 
everybody around is like prepping for people coming out. And with that, like, I, I think we hear the thunder of like a big gong or something to announce that the competitors are supposed to step out onto the field. Oh, no oh, microphone? He James, James is having diarrhea. Uh. James had to go because he said, he wrote in the chat, I've got real bad diarrhea. Oh. It's it's See, very, the, very smelly. Yeah, but he can't he can't escape the Zoom box. So he's, he's just he's, stuck in the Zoom box and he's got a good diarrhea. He brought the computer really into the bathroom with him to have diarrhea. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're getting fast at that. Too many beaver tails. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast... Paired. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A R N E. P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. 
Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. <laughs>